Hello, everybody. This is Abe again. Welcome back to the show. I have a wonderful guest today, Russia. Russia, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How's it going? Been doing really well. Thank you for asking. So, Russia, tell me more about you and tell me more about what you do. My name is Russia Ramdouche. I currently run the Digital Digest, which is a daily and weekly news broadcast and aggregator. Um, we are basically just send you the top news of the day and, and every week to your WhatsApp, Telegram, or email. Uh, so you don't have to go out there and look for the latest news or the latest reports, policies, changes, all these kinds of stuff. Alongside that, I work with startups to help them on um, community building and communication, something that we're finally taking seriously in this region. So that's, that's a fun thing to do. Uh, and that's it. I love helping startups. I love the tech world and ecosystem and all that. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So, so tell me more about what you do. I know you talked about communication and communication is something that is super crucial. And I keep telling all the startups and all the companies that I've, especially SMEs I've been working with communication is, if not the biggest, one of the biggest problems in uh, company structure. And it's actually one of the biggest killers of businesses is because when people uh, don't communicate or you know, you'll find a lot of companies with people doing the exact same thing because they nobody knows what's going on, nobody communicates and nobody uh, you know, relays to each other what they exactly work on. And that's what uh, I see a lot happening. So tell me more about that. So most of the time with these startups, it's the basic logic is not there. Like even before getting into like the proper detailed in-depth communication strategies that you need to put into place, uh, most startups will not have a vision and mission statement. Uh, they won't have onboarding kits. Even if you're pre-series A, even if you're onboarding one person a month, having an onboarding kit just literally helps you, you define for yourself who you are as a, as a company and what do you stand for and what is it that you do. And then when somebody new comes, they're able to understand who you are. Mm. The most challenge I see is that founders have a hard time committing to who they are. Mm. So it really becomes more of, a, of an exercise of why is it so hard for you to, to, to commit to why are you doing this? What does this company mean to you personally? And why does it matter for you that you need to do this? And, a lot, and unfortunately, a lot of the time, people think this is um, trivial. Like, why does it matter what my personal goal is from all of this? When it's really a big deal because it, you unintentionally twist and turn your startup in little ways to fit your goal. Sure. Because subconsciously, that's what you're, you're building. You're building a company you want to build. You're not building somebody else's company. Um, and you're, you're kind of changing and iterating to be able to fit that without knowing it. If you go through the exercise at the beginning, it just becomes easier for you. It becomes easier for the team instead of guessing what you want. And then it also becomes easier for you to tell the world what you're doing. What, what am I doing? What am I building? Why am I building it? And what is my noble cause for building this? What's my purpose for existence? Sure. And then, and what does that even mean? What does that translate to? Does that, am I trying to make the world a better place by 
giving more financial tools for people to manage their expenses? Or am I doing it through connecting the world or spreading, increasing education? Like the tools don't matter. The vision, any startups can have very similar visions, uh, but their purpose might be different and their, and the details, you know, these are the kind of things you have to work through so that you can eventually get to communicating them. Otherwise you're just, telling the world, hi, I am here. I am yet another business that does yet another thing that everybody else does. What you're saying is 100%. Uh, I see that myself with a lot of the founders. Uh, what people don't understand, bad hires, um, you know, is an average cost of 14 salaries. So my biggest fear wasn't getting talent into the door, is, is getting talent to stay. Uh, and, you know, with proper onboarding, A, you would tell B, they, the people who are working there would know exactly what they're doing, there, right? So, but you touched on something that is crucial. Uh, you know, we talked about vision and mission. But, I, you know, I walked in and I help a lot of companies and I've seen companies who are three to five years old who don't even have co uh, company values. And these are very, very important, you know what I mean? And, and by the way, um, this is not nonsense is because a to build a culture to attract talent you need those values you need people that yes address your blind spot but they need to believe in the same common goal and these are the values and i'm not talking about your generic vanilla values of be honest and like no no i'm talking about stuff that is really impactful you know what i mean it kind of defines what the mission statement is you know Yes, everybody wants to do disruption and everybody wants to do these buzzwords, but no, it's not about that. It's just, who are you uh, as a, I mean, as a founder and what do you value most? And these are the people who are going to follow you. And, and the problem is most people use vanilla values. That's, that's like hundred percent the most biggest problem, which is most people will take, oh, this is cool. We want to do X and they'll, they'll drive to one of those um, furniture stores and buy ready print motivational posters and call them their values. And beanbags. Uh, Everybody. <laughs> I like beanbags. Um, they'll, they'll buy like these, you know, strive for perfection or, or aim for the stars or, or they call these their values. These are, these are not your values. These are not your unique values. Your values have to come from understanding what are the things you will tolerate and what are the things you will not tolerate? And these are the same principles as building a community. If you do not define what are the behaviors that are, you need to model behaviors that you want in your company and you don't want in your company and same for your community. Uh, and if you don't model these behavior, it's, it's just, it's not going to happen. Reed Hoffman in one of his, um, one of the podcasts on uh, Masters of Scale says, uh, you know, you set culture within your first 10 employees. If there's no diversity in your first 10 employees, you're going to have a very hard time getting diverse later. It's true. It's true. No, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. So uh, you have to lead by example and you have to like, yeah. like I, you know, uh, like I, I see that a lot uh, with, especially SMEs, actually, you know, uh, they say uh, one of our values is transparency uh, and honesty, yet I'm not saying they're not honest. I'm just saying, you know, people walk in and say, okay, what's next for me? In all fairness, in an SME, there isn't that, sometimes there isn't that much of a career path, right? So, so they'd be like, listen, you know, as, as we grow, 
you know, we'll figure it out. And that's the honest answer. While people say, no, tomorrow you'll be GM, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, okay, GM of what? If you're the G- if you're the owner and the GM, like, where are you going to go, right? So logically, and, and, and a lot of, in all fairness, a lot of, I've met a lot of really super cool SMEs and startup founders who have a three-year exit. Like they will exit in three years to see how, you know, you know, because I keep talking about the levels, right? Every person would take the company to a certain level. Uh, like I can't do from the ground up startups anymore. I used to do it. Now I'm much more senior. I'd like to take it from like a 30% now I'll grow it to like a 70%, right? So again, but I also know my limits. And some of these founders know that and, and it's fantastic that they know that. They say, okay, maybe one day you'd replace me. They, they'd be honest, but sometimes the employee, they sell, no, where is he going to go, right? But you need to give them the reasons and stuff like that. And they don't follow through. And that's something, that's why values are, are so important. And, um, you know, I have so many examples about this, by the way, like so many values. And here's the funny part. A lot of the times people, um, you'll talk to an owner and they'll tell you about their values and their principles and the amazing product they're building, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. We need to interview the team without you. And we'll have one-on-one conversations with the team. And about 90% of the time, everything the founder said does not translate. Uh, and regardless, it doesn't matter. Even, even in community building, uh, what the founder thinks is going on in the community is not what is going on in the community's heads yeah. because it's not communicated. That repetition is, is just, every time it happens, I, I kind of laugh because I'm like, hmm. There you go. Uh, but it's almost 100% of, 100% of the time, it's just communication. It's yeah. so easy to fix. It's like you have all these cool features that you think your consumer loves your product for. Yeah. And I call them and they're asking for the features you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not telling them. You're not communicating it to them enough. You know, you know what you just said? I, the only thing I can think of is that meme. That says what the founder thinks, what the employees think, what the clients think, what the community thinks. You know what I mean? And it's true. It's because a there's multiple levels of communication on which channel, or who's your target audience, and and some people, you know, because they've been doing this for so long that they think that everybody, the language that they're speaking right now, that they everybody understands, especially jargon. I need. I see a lot of founders. And in, 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 especially in tech companies, they talk about jargon and then, and then, and then you talk to their customers and it's like, like no clue what's going on. Right. So, so the type of communication, the channel they're using, obviously, you know, um, we were, we were talking uh, a couple of months ago to um, an F&B company that I was trying to help out coming into the UAE. And they're, you know, and it's an older gentleman, right? Talking about, you know, and how he wants to enter the market with TikTok. And he had no idea what TikTok was, right? Like, and I'm like, so the, the communication, like you cannot do corporate communication on TikTok. You know, so, so. I, I, I will not say never. I will, I, I've, I, you know what? I, I rest my case on, on all these new platforms. I will not say never. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, um, it, you know what? Okay, I'll give you something that happened to me personally. When I walked into uh, one of my previous uh, employers, there was a different communication method with 
the age groups. You know, we used to target youthful people, yet everybody in the company was a lot older, right? So, so uh, you know, and the way I, I really went around it is, A, we did a lot of interviews with uh, university fresh grads, and then we hired a couple of them because we had to get this, uh, what I call the translator layer between what we were thinking and how they would communicate it. Because if we spoke the normal language we did, we would have lost them. And, and that's something, and I think that was a good hack that we did. A hundred percent. And I think I, I don't get TikTok. I'm not that old. I still don't get TikTok. It's just, it's an abyss to me. It's, it's just too much. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, I saw a, po a post two days ago on LinkedIn where someone was hiring a full talk TikTok, TikTok content creator. And I was like, wow, I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we take like a very uh, methodol methodical approach to the way we anal analyze these things. And listen, if your customer is on TikTok, go on TikTok. If your yeah. customer is on Snapchat, go on Snapchat, but hire the right people to do it. Yeah, yeah, Don't... Exactly. Um, don't fake it. And I think this is one of the most important pillars of community building or even with communication is honestly, don't fake it. It's 2021. People are, people can smell fakeness yes. through the ether. It's so easy for people to tell you're faking it, whether it's community, whether it's communication, whatever it is. There's so much going on that people see patterns of behavior, even if they don't consciously see them. They know them, they experience them. And then if you're faking your company, your ethos, the principles you stand for, or the community you're trying to build, you know what, people can see it. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to that's gonna be worse. It's, it's better for you not to be on social if you're going to fake social. And, and this is a good uh, you know, segue into the show, into where we talk about failures, right? So and I think that's where a lot of founders and a lot of uh, owners and a lot of CEOs, um, you know, struggle. And, and, you know, this is something, you know, that leads into failure, them admitting that they want to do it on their own, but obviously have no way to do it. You know, they talk to talk, but there's no walking to walk, right? So tell us more about these patterns or like failures or learnings that, you know, you've, you've personally experienced. It's funny because I feel like uh, I now that I look back on my my like career and the things I've done in my life, communication was a big part of it. So, and and I don't say like I was bad at communicating. I didn't have enough experience to communicate my ideas and to adapt them to my target audience in the context I was in, and therefore. They, like most of the times where I had difficulty at work, it was about communication. Um, and and that was a, that's a big learning curve. Sometimes, look, sometimes the receiving end is just not receiving and you can try your best. Uh, but a lot of the time, because a lot, like most of the work that I did was working with clients and delivering and building content. And I ran conferences, conferences. When I used to hire people, I used to tell them, Look, it's very simple. 50% of what we do is communication. 50%, the other 50% is research. Every, there's nothing else. That's all we do. Um, and communicating with people is not easy because when you're doing a conference and you're having 150 speakers come, come in, you're talking to 
probably 250 people between their assistants and their PR teams and uh, their marketing teams and everyone else on their teams um, and triangulating that with the sponsors and the startups and the competitions and all these kinds of other stakeholders that come together to create a conference. Um, communication becomes super important. Clear communications become super important. And also um, early communication, like if something is going wrong, tell people immediately that something's going wrong. Like don't wait till the last minute. Uh, and some people don't receive communication very well. So that's also something you need to medicate for. It's little, there, there's a thread going on on social media right now about the right way to address people in emails. Uh, that's something you have to tiptoe around a lot when it comes to, to, to talking to people, different people with different age groups, sometimes not even age groups. Sometimes it's honestly just cultures, uh, expect different forms of communication. And, and even later on, when you're conveying your ideas to people, how do you design these ideas in a way? How do you break them down in a way that is understandable to the other end? Because that other person is not sitting in your head. Yeah. I have this problem, and a lot of people told me something that maybe uh, I should tell you. It's like, why don't you start having a, a linear conversation? Because, you know, you want to add, like, this was because yes. you, know, you have a million ideas that try to leave at the same time and you're like that and they're like i don't understand so like how let's have a linear conversation right and and i i feel a lot of founders and a lot of ceos and a lot of owners have this problem because they have so much on their mind and they just want to you know exactly and i think the best way to actually and it's not an exercise of communication as much as an exercise communication to yourself yeah. if you write down your ideas and you map them out, you want to draw them in a spider map, you want to draw them in a pie chart, whatever you want to do with it, uh, a diagram or whatever, it will help you understand and see these ideas in your head. And then you're like, oh, wait, something is off about this. And then you start iterating and iterating and iterating until it makes sense. And it, it, it's an iterative process. You're not going to get it right from the beginning. But if you see it and you're able to demonstrate it to people, then you're going to be able to have a more informed conversation about where people are getting stuck and understanding your ideas and understanding what you're trying to communicate to them. And obviously, not everything you need to communicate uh, needs to go through this whole process. Sure. Um, the rule is, if you're communicating internally, you can't communicate enough, and especially when in a digital world, Repeating the same message is so important, but internally you can't communicate enough. And of course, there are places where keeping out information that is not ready or just too too rough or whatever you want to, the, the more rough the idea, the closer the circle, but also when you want to communicate outside your company or outside your community, the simpler, the better. And, and this, is, this is funny because this is, to me, well, I studied design in college. So the new rule number one in design is your design piece or work or print or whatever it is you design has to do one job. It cannot do 300 jobs. It is one thing. It does one thing. That's it. And let it do that one thing right and then drop everything else. Yep. Leave it for another design. Leave it for another project. Yep. So don't, don't overdo it. That's, it's very good advice, actually. I think there's a lot of people that suffer from overthinking and over-designing, you know, stuff, but make sure it's clear, run it by a couple of people, and I think that should 
you know, and you know, what people don't understand is people do give you another chance, honestly, unless it's something majorly wrong, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like they, they, they do give you like people, a lot of times they're nice the first time they laugh about it, but if you can reiterate it yourself, it, it'll do really, really well. Right. So, so any regrets so far? No, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't regret things. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, you know, on other episodes, I've been saying the same exact thing. I, you know, I never regret anything. Um, you know, even if it, you know, you turn on a job and this job, you know, you become the C-suite of a unicorn up and coming or whatever. But honestly, no regrets. Uh, I don't know if I would have lasted that long. Like, there's there's a many many situations there, so that's something that we can uh, uh, definitely agree on. And. I have another um, question for you before you know we we wrap up. So, if you have a if you've had or you have the ability to get a superpower or a superhero, who would it be or what would it be? Can I teleport? Look, I would have said teleports in another a year ago. <laughs> okay, that's because of but the pandemic. Kinda, yeah. But that's kind of useless right now since, you know, we can do everything at home. 90, 99% of the time we can do everything at home. Sure. Um, yeah. More hours in a day. <laughs> so you want to stop time. Is that what you want to do? I don't know. I, you know what? I, it's, it's a hard question because honestly, it's, it, maybe, maybe it's really about the same thing. Like how, how can I translate my brain into something that people can understand? Yeah. That, that would be telepathy of some kind would be great because then, you know, I don't have to figure out how to best communicate these, these ideas in my head to people. You want to hear something funny? Uh, almost every interview I've had, people said telepathy. So people, wanna, <laughs> so I guess that's something that is very popular right now. And people are really, uh, the teleportation one is very interesting because then you can be in multiple places. And the, the time stopping one, I haven't heard before. So that's, that's good because I, I can I can relate, you know, instead of me working 15 and 16 hour days. But you are going to be working 16 hours a day. That's the thing. That's why I took back that one. I need to be less of a workaholic. I already work too much. So instead of like, by the time you're done, I'm like, oh my God, it's 10 p.m. Like I can't do anything else. Look, the rule is work stretches into whatever time you give it. Yeah, it's true. If you give it 30 hours, it will take 30 hours. So I'll, I'll, I'll take... Uh, better efficient use of time through telepathy <laughs> okay all right nice a hybrid one that's uh, super you know maybe i don't know you, you need to come up with a name for that as a superhero um any last words before we uh, wrap up um I, I think it's a good time to slow down i think this is a year i mean last year we had a chance to to slow down in shock this year we need to slow down more mindfully and like just tell and share more what you're doing. What are you thinking? Um, this is a great time to build um, healthy communities and healthy groups of people that are your support network, whether it's for your company or for yourself uh, or for your family, building these kinds of um, open and transparent areas where you can share and that are there for you to, to brainstorm or just to kind of bounce ideas off, off, you know, keep communicating with people, even though we are isolated. 
um, and realized that even when we were together, most of the time we weren't communicating that effectively. So now that we are online, we're forced into this. And I think this is a great exercise for mankind to be able to say, actually, let's never go back to being all together in the same room with bad communication and tension and just not the right reasons for being together. Let's just be together because we have the right reasons to be together and uh, learn how to better be nicer to each other and communicate better and just hopefully be less tense and have less tense work environments. Fantastic, fantastic. And um, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, Lovely, I'm gonna mention the hashtag. It is real talk, no, uh, no nonsense. So this is something that I think our conversation today really touched on that. Uh, thanks a lot, Russia, and until next time. Thank you. And for those that want to follow the Digital Digest, just, you know, last plug, digitaldigest.me. You know, you can follow us on any of the, the channels that are there. Highly recommended, guys. Highly, highly recommended. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.